Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. Delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by... DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Ruger, Rugged, Reliable Firearms. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Callingest Calls Made. Double Nickel Taxidermy, Where Hunting Memories Are Preserved. Taurus, Maker of the Raging Hunter and Other Fine Handguns. Now, here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Welcome to the DSC Campfire, and this morning we're so very fortunate once again to have Mr. Corey Mason with us and got a chance to come over to the DSC offices for our monthly DSC Foundation meeting. (laughs) Corey, you're headed off to a different part of the country here very shortly. I am. I'm heading to Washington, D.C., which often feels like its own country. That's That's for sure. I've said country. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Uh, Leaving just a couple of days. And what is going to be the primary purpose? I know that you've got a lot of things that that you'll have to do or you're looking forward to doing, actually, in a relatively short period of time, I would imagine. Yeah, so uh, headed up there for one of our uh, one of our partner meetings, and as you well know, Larry, we work very strategically with partners all across the world, and one of our key partners that we work with is the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, obviously based out of Washington, D.C., a nonpartisan effort in which Congressional Sportsman's Foundation works across the sporting community, hunting, fishing, outdoor access related, uh, the support of sustainable use, obviously science-based wildlife conservation, and uh, they're on the leading edge of that, working with, you know, all across the, the party, all across Congress um, and a number of as well as state levels as well. And so I'm headed up there. Uh, they have their annual banquet in Washington, D.C. And obviously, when they are bringing in so many people, we have a lot of events around that. So it'll be a, a pretty action packed about three days. 
I got a feeling you're going to be plenty busy. I'm hoping you're getting some sleep right now because I got a feeling once you get there, there's not going to be a whole lot of time for that. How very much involved, and I say very much involved, is DSC with all these things, such as what you just mentioned with the Sportsman's uh, Congressional Sportsman's Conference? Absolutely. So from, from a number of fronts, I'll address that. So financially, we support Congressional Sportsman's Foundation because of the staffing they have across the United States uh, to represent challenges that may be in Oregon from a petition item at a state level uh, to New Mexico, to the eastern, wherever it might be. Uh, as obviously well as their presence within Washington, D.C. proper. So Dallas Safari Club proper supports the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation from a direct grant from a funding standpoint, as well as does Dallas Safari Club Foundation. All recognizes the need from the education and advocacy uh, tenants of the mission from both. And so we support CSF in that way financially, uh, but we also partner on just routinely throughout the year on pieces of legislation that are come up. It may be that we're working with CSF to work through our chapters uh, to have an active presence at a state level so that we have state level constituents that are contacting their member of Congress. Um, and it may be that we're writing speaking points or back and forth or disseminating fact sheets that CSF has put together. So we're, we're galvanizing the community within Hunter-based funded conservation organizations to support. Sometimes that's support a piece of legislation and sometimes it's to oppose a piece of legislation. And sometimes it's even before that we're there's a discussion on a topic that we know someone's going to drop a bill and we may be encouraging them, we may be encouraging their constituents to support that, to, to write or call some of the conversations we've had in the past, or it may be that we're opposing that and we're providing them facts. And so we work really closely with CSF as well, kind of in a second way. And then lastly, I have the great privilege of serving on the CSF as a board member. Uh, so I get Fantastic. to work directly on the front line with CSF, obviously bringing DSCs needs and mission and, and resources as well along and so it's a great partnership in a lot of ways what kind of participation is there on the congressional level yeah so we have uh, uh from my role in the csf board uh we have numerous meetings through the year uh very focused meetings uh where we come together for two or three days and they're they're very strategic and it's a it's a very well represented board leaders in the industry um, and very generous folks that support the mission the mission and message there of csf uh, and then from CSF's action to Congress, uh, it is the largest bipartisan effort of sportsmen across uh, and sportsmen and women. Uh, from when I say, I mean broadly, that's fishing, right. running, shooting, all of it, uh, access to public lands, really all of that. Uh, and it is the largest effort that exists. So CSF is really tip of the spear with that. They're absolutely a great organization. I've kind of watched it from the side a little bit, and having yeah. you involved makes me even that much more prouder that DSC <laughs> truly is involved. What about DSC member involvement in this? What can they do to support the the DSCF? I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going. I hate acronyms, and I keep forgetting. <laughs> but the Congressional Sportsman Foundation. Yeah, we've seen a couple of things. I'll give you one specific example that's very heartening. You'll really appreciate. So, uh, a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago now, sort of COVID has my timeline and my head messed up. <laughs> I but, hear that. <laughs> uh, there was a particular piece of legislation that was dropped in in Connecticut, uh, obviously in the Northeast there, that would prohibit the legal Im the importation of legally taken animals uh, these were this particular legislation was specifically from Africa right uh, and so we have a Northeast chapter of DSC so yes. we, we mobilize the Northeast chapter specifically with the Northeast contact from Congressional Sportsman's Foundation as well as DSC supported it in writing and filing and testimony and all that but by having our chapter specifically activate with the CSF rep up there, they were able to have a number of, again, state-level constituents that had the ability to contact their representative yes. directly 
CSF fed them uh, speaking points, fact sheets, etc. So it didn't require onerous work that you know people didn't have the ability or maybe knowledge clearly to 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 deal with you know and to prepare with. And so it was just a hand in glove kind of relationship, and then very effectively that piece of legislation was defeated. Uh, much to the efforts of CSF, much to the efforts of a coalition of partners as well as to the Northeast chapter that had a very active role in that. So that's a great example of how one person, a group of people, a DSC chapter can truly change policy. That is. The, the chapter has become so very important in so many different ways. And of course, you just mentioned, as far as I'm concerned, one of the really important things about them. And there's so many ways to get involved in chapters. We've got chapters all right. across. And they can go to the website and find it and all yep. those kind of things. Find out chapters. And if not, talk to Carson Keyes. And I'm sure Carson will direct them <laughs> to the right place. Right. And he'll, he's also there, of course, to try to help start some chapters, if that's the case. In your trip there, do you see any specific things that you're going to have to address going into that, uh, meet those various meetings that's coming up very quickly? Yeah, there are a couple of things. There's one right now that's a real hot button, um, and it looks like from sort of a global scale right now where where we have a House and a Senate that are trying to determine what a budget looks like for the United States and a budget ceiling and those yes. kind of things. And really to kind of set that aside, but it's directly related to that, is the funding of the Department of the Interior and thus the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, which interior appropriations is a language and there's been an amendment offered to that it was actually scheduled to be heard this week but now congress is looking at continuing resolution or government shutdown we don't know what's going to happen in the next few days right uh, sort of a dot 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 to be determined but if it's this week or next week or before the end of the year that amendment will be heard and that specific amendment restricts it it allows the funding of the department of the interior with a caveat that they could not use any of those funds to process ele or elephant or line import permits from Zimbabwe, Tanzania, and I believe it's Zambia. Um, and so it's, it's absolutely not based on any facts. It's just, it's just personal ideologies from some number of members of Congress that would insanely restrict the funding of the Department of the Interior with an amendment that did not allow them to use those funds to process import permits. Again, this is not poaching. These are legally taken, approved by the country, quotas approved by CITES, in which the U.S. government, U.S. is, is a party to, Yes. and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service recognizes enhancement there, legally, the ability to take and, and import, but yet Congress would essentially stick its nose under that tent and try not to allow that. So, yes, we're working very passionately to make sure language like that, that again, that has no science behind it, no fact behind it other than someone's own sense of what they feel, you know, that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is an agency of thousands of employees should not be doing. It's, it's absolute lunacy and it's, it's hypocrisy more directly. But that is a, a very hot item right now that we're working on. Yeah, as you were talking about that, this, this photograph comes to mind of all these natives sitting around this little campfire in, in Africa saying, now what do we think we ought to tell the guys in the U.S. to do with white-tailed deer exactly. this year? Yep. <laughs> and to, to me, those kind of things are so absolutely ridiculous. And we, we've talked about this in the past numerous times, but if that government there with scientific data believes that hunting is relative important and important for the sustainability of that or sustainability of that particular species and why should we say otherwise i know you know and and we get the question and it's a fair question to ask is you know why do we so passionately and vehemently dig into these battles over something like an elephant and lion import and maybe on the surface that's a fair question 
And, and the reason why is, number one, it completely undermines what has made totally. wildlife conservation globally successful. Totally, yes. Is it undermines science-based wildlife conservation and undermines the fact that trained resource professionals should be managing wildlife resources. And no disrespect, men here, but a member of Congress has no idea what they're talking about when they do something like that, generally speaking. This is not a congressional-level decision. It shouldn't be. It should no. be based on trained wildlife professionals making these decisions and agency representatives, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one issue. But then number two, should something like this gain you know, a finger hold, if you will, a toe hold, and move forward, it would, it's completely naive for someone to think that there's not next species next. Oh, and, yes. and the next species is who knows what it is. Maybe it's an, a mountain species from Asia. Maybe it's black bear from Canada. It could be right. that local. It could be fur bears from Canada. It could be anything like that. And so, although, yes, this is targeting something that a very, very small percentage of hunters around the world hunt, the point is it undermines science-based wildlife totally. conservation that is legal in that country and approved by CITES. So why would we allow a member of Congress to determine if that should occur or not? And then the precedent that comes from that, which is extremely dangerous. It, it's unbelievable. The unfortunate thing is most of these folks really have no concept about what's going on over there. I've, I've been over there, fortunately. I've been involved in taking out species, an individual of the species that was causing all kinds of problems. I mean, knocking down homes, eating crops, and, and uh, it, it's just... I wish there were a way to, we could transport some of those folks into those situations to where they would have to live for maybe a week in that person's body, if you will, you know, in those kind of situations where they're faced with some of the, the, the things that uh, we're kind of addressing here and, and why it's important because, again, it, as we've so very often said, if there's no economic value on those things, they're going to they're gonna find a way to get rid of those animals. And, yep. it, and it will be on a wholesale basis, not on an individual, not scientifically based, other than maybe the poison they use has some science behind it kind of That's thing. Right. But they'll go to poison in water holes. And so in the long run, it's a it's a horrible thing that could happen there. It is. And, you know, one of the things, and I'm always met with a blank look when I ask this question, and I don't ask it rhetorically, but when I have the opportunity to meet with a member of Congress that would support a piece of legislation like that, like someone that would support the Cecil Act, again, that, that works against the sovereign right of people around the world. And I asked them respectfully, I said, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Member of Congress, right. can you please tell me who within Country X, within their wildlife ministry, that you have visited with about this to understand the impact? And their, their blank stare back is always... Number one, it's just a blank stare. Number two right. is, well, I haven't visited with anybody there. And then I just let it be a very awkward, silent moment for them yes. to just reflect on the fact that they're making this decision in a vacuum outside of the knowledge of how does it affect someone else's. You know, no one in the United States has any legal right to an elephant in Zimbabwe. No. There's no. not a universal ownership of wildlife. No. That right doesn't exist. And so for anyone from the United States to feel like they have the right to tell someone else how to manage their wildlife is very arrogant. Um, and it's ill-informed. And so when you pose a question back respectfully and say, could you please tell me who in the ministry you visited with that can speak to the impact of this on their wildlife conservation practices as well as to the issue that you mentioned, Larry, how will this impact human-wildlife conflict? They just look at the ground because they never even thought about maybe I should ask somebody a question. It's so sad. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 and it's it's ignorance in some instances, and in some instances, almost like it's stupidity because they should have had, they should have known to ask rather than assume. 
or they just simply don't care, and that's what it is. And a lot, and a lot of it, that's what it comes down. It, they, they, they've got their hand right in front of their face, and what they're seeing is their fingers. They're not seeing anything beyond that, and they don't care. Yeah, that really is the sad part. What about some of the other things that you're going to be able to do while you do, while you're there? Because the reason I'm asking this because I want to come back once you get once you and I think Tim Fallon may be going with you this time too, right? That's right. We have a couple of DSC and Foundation cool. representatives that are cool. joining us there, and one of our friends, uh, strong friends for many many years, John Jackson, will be there with Conservation oh, out of Force this world. And, Good. and joining us there. Um, and our pack treasurer Lance Phillips will be there with us, and so fantastic. We'll have the opportunity to support uh, that particular effort at CSF, as well as some some other things that are through the day. There's some particular events if some of their uh, sort of subcommittees will be meeting and we'll be working on some particular items and the Sporting Society, which is one of their sort of philanthropic giving levels to support uh, the activities of CSF, the things they represent and the things that they are active in. And so we'll have a million one-off meetings, as you know. Well, how I can imagine, go. yeah. So, yeah. And, then, and then I'll be uh, uh, two days of meetings and then we have the banquet that night on uh, Tuesday night, excuse me, and then Wednesday we have board meetings. And so uh, then I'll be headed back this way and then turning back around in a couple of weeks to head back to Washington. So, Sounds like your frequent flyers are going to kind of grow here in the next couple of weeks. They have returned, that's right. <laughs> they have returned, that's right. Well, let's kind of shut this down here right at this point because I really want to come back to some of the things that we approached to see what you garnered, gained, or whatever in terms of of some of the questions that might arise and have arisen. So let's join back here in about two weeks or so after you get back, and we'll reconvene this campfire and try to figure out what happened. Sounds great, Larry. Thanks for the time. Thank you, Corey. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfires. DSC Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by the Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. TRHP Outdoors. Kenetrek Boots for the trails less traveled. Boyt, the finest in hunting gear. Pyramid Air for all things air gun. And Ripcord, rescue travel protections.